Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. And I'm Lexi Bear. Yay, Lexi Bear, my little bear cub reporter's back. Where have you been? Well, I got a new job, but I've been following the podcast actively. I'm a huge fan, and I'm so excited to be here today. And we are socially distancing because we're in the middle of this career. <laughs> You're so in I'm here for Coral Springs. Coral Springs. And I'm in West Palm Beach. So you, I called you and I said, do you have any idea for this podcast? And you brought up a case that happened in Tallahassee where a law professor at FSU was shot in the face in his car in his garage. And I'm like, what? How did I not hear of this? This was like in 2014. The murder of Dan Markell. I just thought it was a very interesting case. So you were right, and there was actually a podcaster that did this. <laughs> I didn't know it. And he got 10 million downloads. Oh, really? Yeah. So this guy's name is Dan Markell. So he's Jewish. And I thought, well, what about, because I thought his name was pronounced Dan Markle, but it's M-A-R-K-E-L. And then I no got. Relation. No, I got thinking of Meghan Markle. I thought, I wonder if she's Jewish. But she spells her name Markle, M-A-R-K-L-E. And, they, you know, initially when she first started dating Prince Harry, she had the Markle sparkle. And now she's kind of got the Markle fizzle because of all this <laughs> making a move down. But she is Jewish. In fact, when she married Harry, she became the first black Jewish divorcee American princess in English history. And her real name, her real name is Rachel. And she's also three years older, but her father is Jewish and the mother is not. And I guess it's, you're Jewish. You're half Jewish, right? Yeah. So it determines your mother. So she's not Jewish because her mother's not Jewish, right? I think so. I mean, my mom's not Jewish, but I still kind of, you know, celebrate with my dad's side and kind of identify that with more, but. I think it's just what you, I guess, specific term, like if we're going to get like, I guess, I don't know if legal is the right term or like, you know, um, biblical tradition, is. <laughs> tradition. Biblical. tradition is, um, yes, it's your mother's side that you are. Well, I think it's uh, her name is Rachel and you, you watch the show Suits, right? Yeah, I did. I watched a few seasons. I didn't finish it. I loved her in that, but her name was Rachel on Suits, but she goes by Megan but that's her given name. And she was also in the movie called Horrible Bosses. And she <laughs> she gets to meet the Queen of England as she was famous with this movie Horrible Bosses. Ah, uh, I think that was funny. You don't think that's funny? I mean, it, I think it's funny what happens, you know, in this day and age. Anything's possible, right? Right. And she also serves as a UN woman advocate and an ambassador for World Vision. She's a feminist. So, well, so well, how long do you give Harry and Meghan to... Uh, to make it. I'm rooting for them. I think you are. Yeah. The way he supports her. I think he's a good husband and they have a kid together and you know, he, she might not be England's favorite, but I'm hoping they make it, you know? Well, here's the thing with her. I loved her in suits. I fell in love with the show suits. I just absolutely loved it. I was obsessed. And then when she started dating Harry, I remember I noticed the bracelets. He gave her a bracelet from Africa it was made from African beads and it was on memory wire. And then he had a single strand bracelet. And I'm like, oh, I want one of those. And I scoured the internet for it and no one had it. So I started making them and I started selling them on Etsy. Remember this? 
Yeah. And it's like that blue and black and white beads. And I put in there that, oh, it, it all started with the bracelet. That's how we knew in the media that they were dating because of this bracelet. Well, I sold several thousand dollars worth of these bracelets. I mean, when she was walking down the aisle, my iPad was going ching, 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 ching. <laughs> I was selling so many of these bracelets. So I, you know, I made money off her back. Okay. But now when she changed the wedding ring, when she changed the setting on the wedding ring, like it was from Zales and not like it's a Royal family heirloom. I'm like, Whoa, there's something wrong here. You know, she, it's whatever Megan wants, Megan gets. And then this whole break from the family and then they moved to Canada. Now they're in LA and I think Harry's miserable. But the funny thing is, is that Kate and William hired her social media expert. And now you see them everywhere. And well, you need them. You need a PR guy, yes. a social media guy. I'm a firm believer in, you know, damage control. Megan brought this whole monarchy into the 21st century. I think she did to the monarchy, the royal family, what President Trump's doing to the presidency. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think Harry's dad did a lot to the monarchy, too. Yeah. Tampon scandal. Oh, that, yeah, but, yeah, when he said he wished he was Camilla's tampon yeah, on the phone. That, I mean, different circumstances, different scandal. No, but I, I mean it in a positive way. She's bringing oh, them. I I, I, no, I mean it, like, because... They have on Instagram 11 million followers. And then the queen says, no, you can't use royal at all in your name. So I don't know. They have something called Archie Well, and no one's following them. So I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and I know. I know they're in this huge lawsuit with the press over um, what was released at the wedding, like Megan's dad coming and dad not coming. And it was a letter she wrote to him. Yeah. New text messages released that Harry was literally texting her dad like, yeah. Answer, are you coming? And she didn't even know her dad had a heart attack until like after he already talked to TMZ. So it's a huge scandal that just keeps, you know, coming bigger and bigger. Yeah. All right. Well, that's Meghan Markle. And on this podcast, per the suggestion of my lovely little bear cub reporter, Lexi Bear, we are going to be talking about the murder of Daniel Eric Markell. And he was born in Toronto. And he's a, he was a smart, smart dude. He studied philosophy and politics at Harvard. He, hello, sweetie. I don't know if you heard me. <laughs> ah, that's the beauty of podcasting at home. Uh, and so he had undergraduate at Harvard. He graduated magna cum laude, which is fantastic. And he completed graduate studies at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. So he's like really, really intrinsically Jewish. And then he got his master's degree in political theory at Emmanuel College, Cambridge. So he went to Cambridge. And then he got his law degree at Harvard as well. So that's very, very commendable. I wonder if Alan Dershowitz was one of his professors. This was in 2001. I think so. Possibly. Yeah, he was teaching there then. So before he uh, started teaching... He was a law clerk to a judge at, at the United States Court of Appeal, the Ninth Circuit, and he was an associate with the law firm Kellogg, Huber, Hansen, Todd Evans, and Feigl. <laughs> Do we screw him and how? It was really kind of a boutique law firm, and this was in Washington, D.C., Maryland, and he meets his, well, soon-to-be wife. Tell us a little bit about her. 
Wendy Adelson. Well, he met her when she was a law student at the University of Miami. Um, they got together really quick, wedding really, really quick, too. I think less than a year period. And at first, they were in love. Things were really great. And yeah. I guess things soured right when they started having children. Or I guess what you were saying, arguably, is after the wedding, I guess um, Markel is very Jewish and... You know, they did have a Jewish ceremony, but um, the catering wasn't. Yeah, well, the, they they got married, and they he gets a job. He says, look, I'm going to, instead of, you know, working 10 years and putting a lot of money away at this boutique law firm, he wanted to teach. And so he gets a job at FSU as a law professor. I mean, unbelievable, right? And And he gets her a job, too, there. Yeah. But he, so they get married and the the wedding is multi denominational. I think that her parents well Adelson is Jewish too, but I think the mother's Catholic. Anyway, yeah. The Adelsons, that's her family, were paying for the food and he wanted it to be completely kosher. Well he gets to the reception and it wasn't kosher at all. And it really got up their bacon. Totally miffed him. Ah, <laughs> uh, so um, he joined FSU uh, College of Law in 2005, and again he was tenured in 2010. But his wife was not tenured, Wendy, and her name is W E N B I, Wendy with an I, and she's described as very sexual and outgoing. You know, she was also very intelligent. She was seven years younger than him, so she didn't have time to develop that. You know, her. Ah. she just went and took a job with him, and it was all about him. You know, she was a teacher that specialized in human trafficking, and she was really passionate about her work, and she wrote a book she was very passionate about, and he didn't even read it. His excuse, or I guess his reason, was he didn't like fiction. So I think that really hurt her feelings and her self-esteem, and that probably led to a lot of the issues that they've had. But the book there. wasn't really fiction. It was based on her and how she that's, felt how she felt about him and their marriage. <laughs> but that's what he said. He said it was fiction. So I don't know if it was like a passive-aggressive um, dig or if he just didn't think what she was saying was true. And then she does a podcast and and... Anyway, we'll get into that where she calls yeah. him her, her, her latex husband, late ex-husband, latex husband. Latex. She was on the weakest link and she said that when she was little, she wanted to be, get this, a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> and her father's a dentist and they own this really big dental clinic in South Florida. And Dan decided to be a law professor, and so she got a contract to teach, too. So they had two boys in two years, and he was obsessed with the kids. And everything is going to hinge on these kids. He also liked to argue. He was, like, really good at pushing people's buttons and poking and prodding. So that became a problem, especially with her parents. Yes, I believe a boyfriend that we introduced later on in this podcast said, quote for quote, if there was a novel to be written about hating someone, they'd be able to write it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So she did write a novel about a woman who fell out of love. 
and she felt marginalized. And of course, Dan didn't read it, as you said. And she had a plan to divorce him and take the boys to Miami because her parents wanted them to move down there. And she, he just did not. He's tenured at FSU. That means he will never be fired. He will always have a job. That's it, you know? So he takes a trip to New York. And when he comes ha- home, the entire house in Tallahassee is empty. And she has taken half of everything. Like, there's six dining room chairs. She took three chairs. <laughs> she, took, it, she took half of everything. And the kids. And then he goes up to the marital bedroom and the bed is still there. So that says something. And lying on top of it, a big stack of divorce papers. And she took the diamond engagement ring, which was a real bone of intention, or it was his diamond ring. Um, and she took, she moved their money around and she moved out. So. There was obviously no love lost for her. None. She was ready and, to go. And he, he thought that she was a bad person and everyone else around her thought she was a terrific person. But he tried to win her back. He got really upset. He actually, this went on for a while. And when she finally said there's absolutely no chance, things got really nasty. He sent her flowers and let's get back together. But mm-hmm. the problem was she wanted to take the kids to Miami. And this is when it really got nasty. Yes. Especially her parents. Her parents, her mother would write 8,000 word emails on how to get rid of dad or how to get the kids away. And, um, in fact, he had custody. The, her mom couldn't be with the kids alone yeah, without supervision. Right. Requested through the court that there be, um, supervision because the kids came back and were like, grandma hates you or you're a bad person. And that's what grandma said. And he was like, well, this isn't good. You know, it's horrific. And what's interesting is, when I got divorced, my ex-husband and I were really good about not bad-mouthing each other. It's really important for the kids that you don't do that. You yeah, just well, can't. Really nasty. Well, this got really bad. Yeah. It got nasty. It got personal. But finally, the court rejected her order to take the kids, and she was stuck in Tallahassee. And he made it clear that Grandma Donna did not like him. And... You know, these, these emails that would later show up. She called him gibbers. Gibbers? Gibbers. And she said that he only cared about money, religion, and control. Ouch. And she wanted the kids converted to Christianity and have them baptized that would really piss him off, she thought. That's insane. She's yeah. like going out of his way, her way to, you know, cause problems. Stir them oh up. my God. She says, here's a way to really get back at him. To change their, their, well, you said they changed when, after his death, that she changed their. Yes, Wendy changed um, the children's surname from Markel to Adelson. She said it was to protect them from the press, but that confuses me because isn't her name in the press as it is? Yeah. Not sure. She wrote a book and she's got a podcast. I don't know. And right now she's living on South Beach, on Miami Beach, in an apartment, two-bedroom apartment with the the, tw- the kids. They're almost twins. They're, they're very closely, you know, yeah. close, same age. And she's clerking for a federal judge. But no, um, there so no charges brought against her. Nope, she was never charged, and she she got what she wanted. She's back in Miami with her family, and but things aren't so hot for the rest of the family. But it all stems from they both started dating. After things finally settled down, she had to stay in Tallahassee. 
And she's like, I guess I, I have to just make the best out of this. And so she started dating this guy named Greg Lacasse. And he started dating too. Actually, Greg Lacasse looked just like Dan Markel. Yeah. Did you notice that? Uh, yeah, I saw that. I mean, sometimes women have a type. Yeah. And so that's weird. Yeah. Anyway, you would think on paper, these two, the, the people they started dating said, these guys are great because Dan started dating too. And, you know, he's successful. He's really smart. He went to Harvard. All his students loved him. He did a podcast as well. Um, and I mean, just, he was like a folk hero when his funeral, you wouldn't believe how many people attended just this myriad of types of people attended his funeral. It spoke highly of him. He and was a very, very loved professor. He was at FSU. It was shocking when on July 18th, 2014, a neighbor next door heard a, a loud pop and he was on the phone with a friend. He heard the whole thing and he hung up with the friend and he called 911. He ran over to Dan's garage and his black Honda was sitting in the garage. It was still running and Dan was in the car and the driver's side window was shot out. It was broken. And he looked in and Dan was in there. His face was blown off. Oh so he, my God. he called 911. But Dan was still alive. Yeah, I remember that. He died at the hospital. Right. So EMTs came in and they saw that he was shot at close range in the head. Now, I don't know if you listened to any of my podcasts, but I did go. <laughs> remember the, the kid, um, Tyler Hadley, that beat his parents in the head with the hammer? Yes, hammer then, time. Hammer time. And then we had uh, the guy, the fountain blue guy. He was beaten in the head uh, and the mother was beaten in the head. I mean, people beat people in the head and they survive is my point. And I made it in several of the podcasts, but. Dan shot, if you're going to kill someone, shoot him in the heart, right? Not the head. Because Dan lived for a while. So they took I him to ask what was going on in his head, if he could have any access to his thoughts, if that makes sense. Yeah, I just think if you're going to do it, you save it. Not, yeah, to give any, right, not to give any. <laughs> but when she got the call, when Wendy with the eye got the call, she was having lunch with a friend. And they're like, your husband's been shot, and they said, you need to come down to the police station. So when you're a spouse of someone who's been murdered, and they tell her he's still alive, and she's very upset and crying, and, oh, my God, who would do this? Uh, but they told her point blank, look, he's not going to survive. Yeah, they said he is alive, but he's not going to make it. And she was hysterical, and they asked her questions, such as, do you know who would do this? Along those lines, and she actually mentioned, while in tears, hysterical, a conversation she had with her brother. Um, I believe she was just finalizing the divorce when this occurred. It was very close to the time of Markel's death, or soon-to-be death shooting, per se, but he was giving Wendy a TV, and he said jokingly, this TV is more expensive than a hitman. Oh, that's interesting. So he's a dentist, too, like the father. Yes. All right. Well, after Wendy in interrogation, she was never under arrest. She was never a suspect. And, you know, as a spouse, you're always the first person they look at. But she talked for hours. She gave her fingerprints. She gave police her phone willingly, you know. So she was, you know, all in. So mm -hmm. uh, he died the next morning. 
And like I said, his funeral was attended by a wide variety of people. And Tallahassee police were trying to unravel this murder mystery. I mean, was it random? Was it a serial killer? Because remember the one I've got that unsolved murder of a whole family. They had no suspects. This is really weird. But the one clue they did have, little Miss Lexi, was that the neighbor saw a light-colored Prius drive away quickly after he heard the pop. So the police were like, was it road rage? Was it an unhappy student? You know, FSU professors were concerned that, you know, students were killing professors. I mean, it was a random hit in a garage. So there were all kinds of theories circulating. Police believe that it was more personal, though. And it did seem personal. I mean, I believe you said to me off audio that Wendy called her parents and was relieved when she found out that they were shocked that he was dead. So the most personal thing in his life or the personal person not to like him is Wendy's mom. Right. Well, initially, they thought the first person that wouldn't like him would be her boyfriend, Jeff Lacasse. Oh, yeah. They brought him in for questioning, and he said that she's very secure, very charismatic. Apparently, Dan, when he was described at the funeral and stuff, he had intense friendships with people. I mean, his friendships and people that showed up at his funeral were just like, you know, he would invest in people. So it's so weird that they didn't get along, and she didn't feel invested, and she didn't feel good enough. She never felt, well, plus he's, like, really smart. And when you're really smart, other people... (laughs) seem beneath you. I guess she felt totally marginalized. I mean, well, the way I look at it as the age difference, they were seven years apart. She was a student at UM and right away he gets this job in Tallahassee, gets her a job. They pick up and leave. It's the Dan show. Right. She doesn't have enough time to grow, you know, into herself. And she, I was actually um, doing research and saw she was very intelligent and had a lot of ideas that she wanted to, get out there, but I think she always felt like she was in his shadow and she wasn't with someone who wanted to, you know, bring her out of that. Right, right. She says that he mentally abused her, never physically, and that he told others that when she was trying to leave and divorce him, that he told people on campus she was mentally ill, which is not cool. (laughs) Well, he said her book was fiction. Yeah, but it was... The end of of a woman falling out of love and marriage, so I don't, I'm not surprised. So the boyfriend of Wendy, Jeffrey Lacasse, he, like I said, looks like Dan. And he had an ironclad alibi. So, okay, he's he's not the killer. And so he's in the clear, but he says, I think I know what happened. And he points to the Adelson family. <laughs> oh, Wendy's family with the big dental clinic in South Florida. Oh, my God. So they hate him. They hated him. And... Like you said, when she called her parents from the interrogation room to tell them that Dan had been shot, she gets off the phone and the cops there and she she's relieved. She goes, "Oh my god, I'm so relieved. They're surprised he was shot." Yeah, that's a joke. Yeah, I mean that's really telling. But but people don't wouldn't look at it that seriously until all this other information unfolds, and you're just like, "Whoa, okay." So. Time goes on. This murder is still open. And 
Meanwhile, Wendy moves to South Florida like the parents want her to. She's living in Miami in a little apartment with the two kids. She's clerking for a federal judge. And she's doing this podcast where she's joking about her late. She doesn't know what to call him, her ex-late husband or her late ex-husband, which she says sounds like latex husband. Yeah. And another thing is the podcast was, I believe, 10 months after the murder. And she just started in this new life, you know, she was in South Florida. She enrolled in this creative writing class. And 10 months later in that podcast, she first talks about the divorce and then he got murdered and makes the latex comment like, oh, I got a divorce and then my ex is murdered and latex condoms. So another, you know, weird joke. Yes. Yeah, another one to joke about. I guess they had a closed casket for him too, since he, his face was blown off. But anyway, that's understandable. <laughs> First two years, no clues. So she thinks she's in the clear and, you know, maybe she's not involved. But then what happens was the Tallahassee police are like working in the background like little squirrels and they have pulled video. They have video from Dan's gym. He had gone to work out and they see his car, the black Honda pull out of the parking lot and behind him, they see a silver pine mica that's the color of the paint, silver pine. So sometimes it looks silver and sometimes it looks green. Uh-huh. And the, the Prius follows him out of the parking lot. So then they start finding other pictures of this car. And they see it's got two different colored side mirrors. One's black, and so that's wrong. And it has a sun pass. And at the time, there are no toll roads in Tallahassee. So this car is from out of the area where you would be on a toll road like in Miami or you know, the turnpike or something. I think I've, it's not, no, I've worked not, but, um, when do you get your first toll? Maybe down toward Orlando. So they're like, aha, this, so they started to, is amazing how they dug into this car <laughs> and figured out who was driving it. They probably sat through a lot of tapes. They did. So they combed through the stack and found the needle. It was rented from a hole in the wall rental agency that just rented out electric cars, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> That's kind of like you would want to be in like a Ford Escort, right? You wouldn't want to be in a in a mint green metallic 1974 Tempest. <laughs> with this. You've not seen my cousin Vinny, apparently. You're not laughing. No. <laughs> <laughs> so they're in a mint green. Uh, my head. Yeah, sorry. Woo, what was that? So... They get the paperwork from this rental. This is in Miami, this little rental place. And right on there are the names of two people. One guy named Louis Rivera, who has no link whatsoever to the Adelsons or to the Markels. But he is part of the Latin Kings gang. He's the gang leader of North Miami Latin Kings, and his name is King Tonto. Oh my, so it's just strange, these, you know, he went to Harvard, these, you know, middle, upper class people, and now with gang ties, so this is like a very serious hit. Yeah, and the other guy, Secreto Garcia, he is known as Tudu, <laughs> Tonto and Tudu, I don't know, anyway, he's part of this gang too, so they got their cell phone records, these records, these idiots, it places them all the way up the turnpike, all the way up to Tallahassee. It places them going through. There's video of them 
going through an ATM. They're the two are in the car. I mean, it's clear as day. Their phone records show them outside Dan Markel's gym. So what's the connection? Nobody knows yet until a third conspirator is introduced. <laughs> There's a woman with ties to the South Florida family, and suddenly her bank account is flush, and she's got big tits, right? Got new boobies. <laughs> What's her name? Catherine Magbanua. Catherine Magbanua. So what is her relationship with either, either Luis Rivera or Sigfrido Garcia? Sigfrido Garcia, I think it's her baby daddy. <laughs> yes. So on May 26, 2016, Sigfrido Garcia, he's 34 at the time, was arrested for first-degree murder. The Leon County Court ordered the probable cause affidavit behind the arrest unsealed, and the affidavit revealed investigators believe that Garcia and Luis Rivera, Luis was 33 and Garcia is 34, traveled to Miami, rented the Toyota Prius. 34? Yeah. Stayed in uh, motels of, on the nights of July 16th and 17th. Evidence included the cell phone, the banking, the SunPass electronic. To- oh, yeah. They had the SunPass records. Too. Yeah, they got them red-handed. Security footage. To there, city. there was video of them from city buses, from the streets that they had driven on, and testimony of an unnamed informant along with a nearby witness. So that would have been the neighbor. Uh, the morning of the killing, they had trailed Markel as he did errands, went to the gym until they could finally shoot him at his home. So the case was cold for two years. Yes. They get this lead, and it is not what they expect at all. What do these, you know, gangbangers, not to be insensitive, have to do with this upper-middle-class family, um, messy divorce, and then murder? Well, you know, that third conspirator links them. Because it turns out one of the killers, or alleged killers at the time's baby daddy, is dating Charlie Adelson, Wendy's brother who made the joke about the TV. Yeah. So, remember, Dan was shot July 18th, 2014. He died on the 19th in broad daylight. That's what was really scary. In his Benton Hills garage. And what prosec- everybody thought it was road rage. Right. And the prosecutors say it was a murder-for-hire plot orchestrated by the Adelson family. This woman, Catherine Magbanua, is accused of being the conduit between the alleged killers and the family, which was upset over this custody battle between Markel and Adelson. So Sigfrido Garcia, which is her baby daddy, right? Mm-hmm. And Luis Rivera were arrested both in May 2016 for carrying out the murder. Now, Rivera pled guilty the same year to second-degree murder, so he wouldn't get the spike and. Probably. He took a deal. Yeah, and he was sentenced to seven years on top of a 12-year federal sentence on unrelated charges. I'm sure it had to do with him being part of the the Latin Kings. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. So you've got him safely away. Luis Rivera has turned. He's he's taken a deal. So you've got Sigfrido Garcia and you've got Catherine Magbanua who have not been convicted. And they go to trial in 2019. This thing is still going on. Yes. And Sigfrida, I believe, was convicted and sentenced to life. And Mag Banua had a mistrial. And she was supposed to be retried in April. But now we are in quarantine. Right. So what's happening with that is prosecutors 
they felt if they had gotten all three convictions, they could have gone after the family. But since they couldn't convict her, they had, what happened was their trials were combined and took place in October of 2019. In the trial, the prosecutors claimed that Charles Adelson had arranged to pay Magbanua because you said Charles was dating her. Yes. And then Rivera Garcia, $100,000 to murder Markel so that Wendy Adelson would get full custody of Markel's and her kids, the two sons. And at the trial, Magbanua denied involvement, but claimed that the case presented by the prosecutors led her to believe that Adelson was involved in the murders. Charles. Yes. And for his part, Garcia claimed that Rivera had carried out the killing alone. <laughs> Even though he's with him. Even though he's with him. He said, she said. Right. So the jury on October, so this was October 11th, found Sigfrido Garcia guilty of first-degree murder and conspiracy. So well, you'd never want to get conspiracy. That's the tough one. And in the 2014 of killing of Dan Markell, on October 15th, they sentenced him to life in prison without the possibility of parole for the murder charge, plus 30 years for the conspiracy. See what I mean about conspiracy? So the jury, though, as you said, was unable to reach a verdict on Catherine Magbanua, though two sources with knowledge of the vote from the jury said it was 10 to 2 for conviction. Wow. So it was close. But she remains in, she remains in jail. She's charged as a co-conspirator and the Adelson parents are unindicted co-conspirators. And like you said, a retrial set for April 2020. That's now, but we can't do it because of social distancing. Right. And, you know, police have gone after the Adelsons multiple times. First, they tried to, you know, go out and see how they paid Catherine. Um, and they did a lot of um, under-the-table payments. And she claimed, as well as they did, that it was secretarial work. It wasn't work <laughs> in the office. But they were never able to trace what exactly she was doing for them. And I believe that's how the $100,000 for the hit and was, you know, exchanged. Yeah, they said that and her bank... You could just look at her chest. Her bank account was flush, and she's dating the brother, Charles, and... Well, the police tried multiple times to get enough evidence to include the Adelsons in this, you know, lawsuit or conviction... But they've been unsuccessful. They even tried a sting on Donna. They had an the undercover mm-hmm. Broward Sheriff's Office, Broward Sheriff's Officer go up to her with a piece of paper and he's like, hey, like, they're not going to get in trouble for this. Give me the money and call this number. And she, it just didn't take. Like, she was confused. It just didn't work. Mm. Well, and, and they all deny involvement to this day. Yes, well, and what's interesting is Dan Markell's ex-wife, Latex wife, um, Wendy, was subpoenaed to testify in Catherine Magbanua's trial. And so they subpoenaed her to testify, and she invoked the Fifth Amendment right, self-incrimination. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, when they do that, automatically are assumed that they're guilty, but... You know, well, lawyers advise it as well. Her attorney, John Laro, said that she wanted to avoid disparaging remarks made by another Markel murdered suspect, which didn't make any sense. Because it all sounds very strange. Something a family friend said is that it sounds like it was a Coen Brothers movie. Right. With this unbelievable plot, and that's not what it is, and the Adelsons have nothing to do with it. But I at least believe the parents and Charlie did. I 
I can't say for Wendy whether she knew. I think that this trial, and we'll keep you up to date on what happens with Catherine Megmanua's trial, which is supposed to be this month, or now it's almost May, but when that comes through, because then the tentacles could extend to Miami and we could get some arrests, at least for the brother Charles, the boyfriend of Catherine Megmanua. Yes. So we'll see what happens. Because if she's convicted, then they've got the three convicted and they can use those to leverage arrest warrants for the family. Exactly. But if you really think about it from an outside looking in, why would these random people with no ties to Dan or the Adelsons want to be in jail for life or do this? Right. You know, they have no motive. And that's, I think, what really keeps people up at night in this case. Yeah, that must have been some pillow talk. Doesn't your uh, baby daddy, isn't he part of the Latin Kings? Isn't he ganged up? Would he, would he take care of this for me? I bet that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So too. We'll see what happens with this. Thank you, my dear. Thanks for having me. That wraps up full rigor until next time. Peloton, let's go. This holiday with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you. 